0: Spend my dollar. It's not about what you want. It's about what you're willing to do to get it. (laughs) Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. Alabama wins. (laughs) What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have
1: the kind of team that nobody wants to play. All right. Welcome back, Alabama football podcast fans. Man, have we got a super treat for you. I've got a good longtime uh, friend of mine, Chad, from Texas, longtime proud Texas A&M alum. He's a true Aggie through and through, and he knows his football program. We wish we knew our program as well as as he knows the Aggies. And so we have just a treat in getting to understand sort of the mindset, uh, the team, the roster uh, for Texas A&M going into our uh, trip down to uh, College Station this weekend. Chad, glad to have you on with us tonight.
0: Well, really glad to be here, Dave. So thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Well, man, I'm going to jump in, and uh, and maybe I'm going to take advantage of the fact that, that we're friends for so long, and and uh, maybe start with some of the harder questions. I, I typically sort of you know build those up or sort of layer those in, but I'm gonna I'm just going to jump in in the deep end and 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 sort of wade us through this. What uh, you know, there's a pair of losses here that Texas A&M has had, and so talk about the the mindset. The team, the fan base. Uh, as we sit here in first part of October, uh, still a lot of season left. Um, you know, four six weeks ago, you guys had a different, probably perspective on the season. And um, what's uh, what sort of the mindset of the of the team and uh, and just across the fan base in general?
0: Yeah, honestly, I've got a big like a cartoon, a big question mark uh, during these football games. What's going on? But certainly, we plan to be undefeated going into this matchup. You know, and it has not worked out that way. And so I, I joke with people that, that we are so unlucky. We've literally lost five coin tosses. So, I mean, we, nothing has gone our way this year. But again, those are, those are excuses. We've, we've had a lot of, a lot of injuries. Uh, we had 14 players out against Arkansas, uh, including six starters on offense. You know, we had nine out last week. And, you know, again another four or five starters on offense. And, and we're struggling. And um, I'm not, cannot seem to put a finger on it. Everything that worked. In the past and that is supposed to be your identity is just not there and so th- there's definitely a, a big struggle i i think in the fan base you, you've got uh, you know you've got different different factions you've got some people that are panicking right uh and, and you've got some other people that are that are you know sort of a little bit more even-keeled going okay we've got to figure this out but you know let's be realistic it doesn't matter what your heart is your your mind tells you hmm, we just lost to the two teams that you kind of plan to be at the bottom of the sec west and and, and we just lost to them so yeah. uh and, and now you get your, your treat is to play alabama so that that part is, is a little tough right and so i think the team what i'm the team can always react in different ways i am hoping that the team is sort of they are backs against the wall we've got to come back together and step up and, and and see and so i'm hoping i'm anxious to see how they will respond you know they're frustrated Mississippi State was was very effective in ball control, right? I didn't expect that. Again, and got the ball four times the second half. That's it. Uh, we scored three out of four, but uh, we just didn't get the ball. And, and so that, that part is very, very frustrating. So I, I think there's probably some soul-searching uh, amongst the coaching staff and, and the players and, and, and trying to regroup. Uh, but with, within a fan base, people are all over, right? But there's definitely questions. Everything that you you, you had expectations that were very high, you know, you just missed the playoffs last year. You felt very good about things. Again, you're, you're stacking class after class. You you feel good about things, but we have been ravaged with injury uh, this year more than any team that that I've I've seen in a long time. And and, and losing a starting quarterback has been pretty pretty devastating for us because uh, we've literally probably had the worst quarterback play I've seen in you know two decades. And it's it's tough as a fan base. The fans are you know, a little frustrated because when you're in the game in person you can see the people and there there's open people everywhere. And he, he's really struggling to see the field. And, you know, I have a friend who's on the staff there and he had told me a long time ago, he said, he's got an NFL arm, but the mind's not there. And, and he just, he doesn't process it fast enough. And he's, he's just really struggling. And I I think his, his confidence is low and he just won't pull the trigger. He just will not fire the ball. And, uh, as a result, you, you miss people. And, uh, you know, you don't, you don't move the chains that way.
1: What do you think about the, uh, The season, you know, you know, the road not taken right. If Haynes King hadn't uh, had been injured, how different is the season? And that's that's a wishful sort of thought. But uh, in a hypothetical, how much maybe another way of asking the question, how much of this do you put on Zach or are there just multiple other factors as well? So it's probably
0: unfair. The quarterback always gets too much praise or too much criticism, but it is what it is. Uh, It would be tremendous. So Haynes King is this incredible athlete, right? He's literally the second fastest player on the AM team. You need to realize that the fastest player was in the Olympic trials this year. Um, And so Haynes King is your sub four, four electronic 40. So he's, he's super fast. He's a coach's son. He's kind of uh, been a legend in the Texas high school ranks. uh, It's one state championship throws as pretty a deep ball as you will see in the midst of so you've got you've got a kid who grew up son of a high school coach one of the winningest coaches in the state of Texas uh, one of the, the, the biggest programs he's a good decision maker he's very fast uh, and, and has a great deep ball the expectations were very high we, we got a he literally got hurt the uh, second drive of, of the second game and, and so it's a it's it, you know the little we didn't quite see everything we wanted but with I think the trajectory would have gone Considerably different. The problem we've got right now is that literally the quarterback is not hitting open receivers and he has an absolute cannon. So when you watch him on Saturday, when he's rifling the ball, there's a difference uh, amongst big time quarterbacks, right? He, he is, would be plus side on the NFL with his arm strength. But the other issue is he is rifling the ball, whether you are five yards from him or 50 yards. Uh, right now, A uh, and M receivers are one, two, and four in the SEC and drop passes, including your All-American, hopeful tight end, right? And and so, it's he's just drilling the ball at at a at a short distance and and not taking anything off of it. And so, we're there's just so many missed opportunities when you're watching the play, there he he really does not see anything in the hashes. And 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 Jimbo runs a lot, a lot of a lot of plays that way. The his best play is, is sort of a a, a de, kind of on a, a del- delayed slant, right from from the outside and coming across, and that seems to be the only one he really sort of sees. He he's, he's struggling right now with with uh, with seeing the field, and so you have to think that a lot would have changed differently if the starting quarterback were there. Um, now, in all fairness, too, we our offensive line is just absolute beat up. We are now starting two eighteen year old true freshmen, uh, one at center and one at right tackle, and and so that's not what the plan was. You know your your all American uh, lineman, as uh, Kenyon Green has literally played four positions already, uh, yep. three in one game, and so he's also literally moving from the left side to the right side, and 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 he's made some uncharacteristic mistakes, and and I'm not surprised, right? <laughs> I practice at right tackle, and now I'm over at, at left guard or or wherever it may be, and and so he's literally moving all over the field. I'm not quite sure from drive to drive. I actually humor I'm just checking where he is but uh we're, we're having to, to plug some holes and there are areas where deep we we walked into the season with two areas on offense okay well we we've got an unproven quarterback we've got an unproven offensive line and and we've known our wide receivers were the weakest group uh and then in those areas we've even been ravaged a little bit more with injury than when one would expect to receive and and so it's there's a lot on the quarterback, but. But the team has to step up. the The, the defense didn't play as well, and and I think part of that is residual. But the the players are a little frustrated. They're they're open, they're not getting the ball. You know, there's there's been some less than positive body language maybe during the game from the receivers. They're coming back, and and uh, mm-hmm. but I, I there's got to be a point where where everybody gets in, in the room and says, okay, we've got to turn it around. And so I'm hoping to see part of that this week, even if it doesn't yield in victory. I, I want to. My goal is that we, we come out with an identity and we say, this is who we are and, and we're going to do this. And and so we've got to work on finding that identity.
1: Um, and then I want to see that that build upon each other week to week. It's a leading question. I found myself in a conversation with uh, a Texas high school football coach, and they were studying uh, a lot of film and uh, including some A&M film. And some of, some of the sort of perspective that they found is that it look like there may be some gaps in in, uh, in in play calling or at least the schematics, uh, not putting in people in motion to have the defense sort of reveal what they're doing, maybe not moving the pocket. And and I'm sort of remembering you know from a from a conversation. But uh, do you see that type, uh, or is it just physically uh, the the, the skill set's not there, and and even with any scheming that's not helping? What's what sort of your your read on that?
0: So. I've got a few plays that I'd say I see a little bit of difference of what maybe they, they're seeing. And I, I made a comment to a buddy of mine when we were watching, say, the Arkansas game. It's like, I can see how a coach can get so frustrated. So we had a specific play where, and, and against Alabama every year, we we typically run one play in the in the red zone with a player that, that is never factored, right? And, and so we've we scored with a, a guy making his first score of the year. And again, just, just planning on the other team, not scheming for them. So sure. against Arkansas, we, we you know we drop back. There's a lot of action on the on the the, the field side, of, which is on on the right side, and we throw a backside screen to 42. He's our backup tight end. He converted from defensive end, so he's a good athlete. But you know, and literally what had happened on the play is the the, the field side corner fell, and so Catalan, the, the the safety has turned his back and is sprinting to cover a deep post. And so, and literally he throws it backside, and all he has to do is he catches it, he turns up and he could walk 40 yards because there's literally just the way things lined up, you couldn't have planned it to work out any better. Now he's a tight end, he probably wouldn't have made it all the way, but you're a minimum play and he bobbles the ball four times. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then he managed to stammer and, and, you know, he gets about 11 yards and we move the chains, but it's like you literally could have just walked for 40. I mean, there, there was just no one in, in, in sight. And we've got a lot of plays when you're watching that you look at someone and he's just not making the right read. And he, he doesn't hit it quickly. So that route, that, that seven yards, it breaks open. And you've got a small window in college, right? And so you can't wait for a high school window. And and he's not pulling the trigger then. And then I think it's in his head so much um, that he's holding the ball too long and he's taking sacks or he's, he's, just, he's just not moving the chains. But I don't know. I think that – One of our weak spots in in talent is is receiver and we're not getting enough separation. We had this problem last year. Right. And so we've got to to get a little bit better, better separation in in that. But uh, I actually think scheming, we're we're pretty good. What Jimbo generally will do is he's drawing someone across. He loves to, he'll take someone across the, the face of the safety and he'll move people out of his route and so that's what jimbo's sort of known for and then he'll bring someone in behind right it is, it's not uncommon people do but but that is sort of his favorite action uh so on on the field and so he does a lot of that but we're not pulling the trigger to hit it and and so generally the way jimbo will operate is you will see our receivers somebody's going to clear clear everything out and someone's coming in from behind so i can i can tell you right now you will see in in key situations We'll clear out somebody, and then he will run. It's an entry. I was kind of sort of a delayed slant. That's not what it really is, but uh, we'll bring it from way outside all the way across, and and then he will hit that pass quite a bit uh, in key situations. It is a sort of a favorite third down call that Jimbo has, and so you can look to to see that in in the, in, in, the, in those types of spots. But he will generally try to clear someone out and, and bring someone else right behind it.
1: Is the uh, you know I'm thinking about Arkansas uh, and sort of the the zone that uh, Odom likes to run, uh, almost like an umbrella uh, zone. They'll drop you know six seven eight folks. Seems uh, you know potentially and and you saw you watched that that game much more closely than than uh, than I did. But is that sort of the the wrong recipe for that style of defense? Man to man, it might be easier to clear someone out in that way. But uh, in sort of a, a zone like that, is that uh, did you find that uh, that that was some of the frustration? I think so, but but really in that game in particular,
0: it was it was a quarterback that just was 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 rattled, and he I think things went wrong early, and, and he just never regrouped, and but mentally he was struggling there. I don't know why that game in particular, you know, he could not see anybody on the hash marks. You know, and, and, and we you, that's a that's an open spot right in the, the zone they yeah. they were sitting at, and he couldn't see them. and he then he, for some reason he couldn't see the outlet either, you know, the, the the safety valve, and so it he was really he was really struggling on it, and so I think that dropping eight and and making a kid that doesn't process things very quickly, I think that was a great recipe to to confuse him. And and so so it didn't didn't matter what else was going on in that game in particular. They were just sitting in zones and our guys were open because they can't cover the whole field. Right. And and he just couldn't see it. And so that that part was was a little bit more troubling from our side.
1: Is anyone uh, anyone in your uh, in your circle or sort of the fan base that you're plugged into? Anyone comment that Zach Calzada looks like a young Jimbo Fisher? <laughs> no,
0: nobody said that. That's kind of funny. I've got to look at that again.
1: I I, I see it is I see it especially in the eyes. Uh, that's what uh, you know. You I uh, see in Calzado in the helmet, sort of at the line of scrimmage. It was the eyes that really uh, set it off, you know. And then they cut the Jimbo on the sideline. Obviously, there's day age difference and sort of the uh, all that goes with that. But uh, I was like, damn it, they there's some similarity there. <laughs> that's so, funny. You have to you have to check that out. I may have ruined something for you. I don't know. But, uh, oh, no, no,
0: no. <laughs> That's going to be funny. That's good.
1: <laughs> Talk to me about, and look, I'm going to specifically say non-quarterback uh, when I say skill position. Uh, some of the players that a uh, and has, uh, skill personnel, I, I think I would put them, and and you, you can knock me off my, my rocker for saying this, I, I think I'd put some of these guys against you know, uh, you know know anybody in the country. Uh, I like the running backs, uh, Spiller and uh, A-Chain. I like the uh, uh, Ania Smith, uh, and he's a he's a little bit of a hybrid receiver, mm-hmm. uh, running back uh, type guy. Desmond Demas, you know he he uh, I know he's a second team guy, it looks like, but uh, I mean he's got he's got all kinds of all kinds of talent. And then and then Jalen Wademyer, or holy cow, he he is just a treat to watch. He's he's like a tight ends tight end. And when I look at the skill personnel. Uh, and we can talk about the defense, especially the, uh, the front four as well. But when I look at your skill personnel, I think I just about put them up against anybody and they're super fun to watch. There's a couple of these guys. I definitely wish uh, Alabama had, uh, had recruited uh, or won in recruiting. Talk about, uh, talk about some of the skill personnel, what you see, and maybe I just see them with sort of shiny eyes and you see them more on a day-to-day basis. Uh, what am I overlooking? And, uh, and talk about really how good some of them really are.
0: Uh, at, well you hit on the big four and and for a m at this point from an identity we've got to focus on on the big four meaning spiller i chain smith and, and widemi getting the ball spiller has really surprised me on how well he has developed as a running back and at this point he's just our best football player on offense yeah. we we've, we've got to get the ball in into him and so i honestly if i had if i could could game script, is that we would would establish the run and be successful because that's the only way we're going to be able. You know, we, we've got a, a quarterback that, that's that, that's not ready for the deep waters and uh, for the SEC, right? And, and and he's, God gave him enough talent to be a college quarterback, but he's just not a, a, a Division one. He's not an SEC quarterback. Uh, you know, he's just not working for him yet. And he would be perfect for a, a backup quarterback. But we've got to get the ball to Spiller. Spiller has really surprised me on how special he is. And, and so he, he does a very good job of setting it up um he will he's got a little gimpy ankle um so so you'll you'll just have to come out a little bit but i'm not sure that um the most talented person might not be number six i chain so i chain ran the olympic trials this year i don't know if you know this but he was an all-american sprinter this year you know as, as this last year as a freshman in addition to just being a he's a big play specialist I would also tell you that I-Chain and Ania Smith both probably have about eight uh, returns of 30 to, to 45 yards that have been called back this year. Mm-hmm. So statistically on, on the return game, you know, it, it's very frustrating but because uh, we, we don't seem to be able to do a return without a penalty, uh, but but they're they're very they're special. But I-Chain has elite speed. He's also got a pretty good strength. So if you remember that Orange Bowl play where he had the really long run and, you know, he, he got hit several times and just – he he has enough strength to to get through there those guys are absolutely fun to watch so Spiller's doing it is is a very good running back i Chain is a very good running back the one that is is very unique is is ania smith and he is a very strong leader so you would want 22 of him if you could get him in your in your locker room so he's the guy last year you know there, there was a lot of uh a lot of discussions on, on social justice. There's a lot of things on how hey, are people going to play. He's the guy that, as a then a sophomore, stood up and said, "We're going to play football. We're going to focus on that. There's there's things outside. We'll deal with outside. But when you walk in here, we're a football team. We're going to play football, and that's our focus. And we're going to get better. And and he is the he's been the the leader internally with the team to to get them focused. And so he he is the the, the perfect teammate, the perfect leader. And he's just really exceptional with the ball. His his quickness is is, is amazing, right? The the old phrase, he's, he's hard to tackle on a phone booth. I mean, he's he literally it's it's. I don't know what he sees because I watch him and I'm like, what did he see? What to to make him cut didn't do that? I, I have no idea. And uh, so he's very a lot, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and then Widermeyer has just been a beast. And that's the guy who's had a lot of success against Alabama in the past. And and last year, you know he, an all-american now he is struggling this year by the way he he is leading the sec in drop passes which is very uncharacteristic because he has amazing hands and so i'm hoping this is his get right game and and again part of it is it's you know he's getting a cannon i mean if you're watch the zip on the ball uh you know it is, it is amazing how how strong an arm he has and he probably calzada probably has the strongest arm in the sec but it is up close it's almost not catchable. And and so these guys are really struggling with it and he's got to, got to take some off on on the short to, you know, the, the intermediate to long routes, let's, let's, let's bring the cannon, but he's got to take some off there. But, uh, Weidemeyer is a lot of fun to watch if you need the play, you know, he is absolutely who, you know, I would go to, and he is, he's done very well, but all those four guys right there from a skill position are as good as anything. Now the young guy, DeMond Demas, he's a, a redshirt freshman this year he, he was the elite five-star in ability didn't get to play his, his high school senior year just due to he had transferred and they ruled him ineligible he, he's he struggled a little bit with the playbook but but he's got the exceptional ability he's the one i, I really want to see us uh you know utilize in a vertical passing game a lot more so and he's the future so he's a guy to sort of watch out for if he puts things together with his athletic ability you know he he'll play on sundays so he'll be all be a lot of fun to watch in the future but but currently that foursome of, of, of Spiller, Ichain and Aenea Smith and Widermeyer are that they're worth the price of admission. They're really a lot of fun to watch.
1: with the uh, Demas he didn't he catch that long uh, first pass of uh, the season for Haynes King? So
0: uh, no, that was Caleb Chapman. So Caleb Chapman is our, he, and he Caleb Chapman is also the one who caught the deep pass against Florida last year. And, and Chapman um, is injured, and he's not playing. He's not played the last uh, uh, two games, and he's not due to play Saturday either. Uh, Chapman is ahead of him, so Demas is 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 having to start by default. But A uh, and M has um, has three three of their top four wide receivers are, have not played in the last two weeks. And I don't think any are planning to 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 come back this week either, so uh, we're having to. So so Demis is going to get get playing time, so it, so hopefully for us he gets some dynamic play. He's also the one, unfortunately, literally second play of the game. We we hit Demas. he he bobbled the ball, you know, he did not catch it, it. It knocks it straight up in the air. Mississippi State intercepts it, and boom, they've got the ball inside our twenty. So he's, he's, working, he's very inconsistent right now, but the ceiling is very high. And so you, he's a kid that you just hope if he reaches that ceiling, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch.
1: All right. All right. Well, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect it. You mentioned uh, uh, Jalen one, one, one Meyer, I'm going to always mispronounce his last name, but uh, he's one of my favorite players on your roster. Uh, but uh, you, you mentioned, you know, I hope this is a get-right game. And on the surface, you think, well, playing Alabama, how is that going to be a get-right game? But playing, you know, the Alabama defense is almost um, – this was true last year, and, and, and I've seen it be true this season as well – is almost a tonic uh, for tight ends. Uh, we've played two uh, opponents this season who uh, had zero receptions at the tight end position going into our game – and I think uh, I, I think one was one was six and one was eight uh, receptions at the position uh, coming out of the game. So yeah, I would expect uh, Jalen uh, definitely get uh, a number of targets and uh, probably a couple uh, probably a couple of key first downs, a couple of big plays for you. Well, and I, I also think just again, you know, you and I grew up playing
0: sports. There's something about playing the number one team, and if you are winners, win right. And and so and and guy, and guys that are big time players have to step up against bigger opponents. Weidemeyer has had better, has had his better games in the bigger the moment. And and so I expect that generally from your better football players, and it doesn't matter. And so, you know, you guys have have the intrigue of, of being the, you know, you're in the midst of an unparalleled dynasty, right? And, and so you, you're number one on everyone's schedule, regardless whatever the rankings are. And generally, sure. you're number one there too. But, but let's just be honest. So everyone's gunning for you, right? And so you, you want to, hey you want to make a play make a play against alabama and and right. so i think there's part of that so for for somebody just the way your defense lends itself and and where you're amazing at your ability to cover sort of that 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 dump off pass that that swing pass to the right but i think you're because your defense is so good and your pass rush is so good that you're that you're you're naturally geared toward covering that that flat and and that that outlet that Really, to attack Alabama, it's your, your best shot is middle of the field, middle of the on a on a route, and and so and when you watch you guys play, that's the open spot. Um, it's 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 hidden in the hash marks, and and that's where you're vulnerable. And but yeah. and I say that because you're just unbelievable everywhere. So so you you can't cover the whole field. You got to leave one field, but most people don't like to go there because usually that safety coming up, he he introduces himself. Uh, but but that's the that's the spot you. You cover that flat better than anyone else that that I've I've seen, and and again your pass rush, you know a lot of people are having having to to just dump it off there. Uh, they're, they're worried about their internal clock t- ticking, so they're, they're they're dropping that. You cover that because you see that probably more than anyone else does, uh, yep. year in your out. So, but your spot that you leave open it is around the
1: hash, and so that's why it. If you're going to play Alabama, you need to use the tight end. Yeah, and that can be a harder throw, right, over the middle of the field, uh, seeing over the linemen. A lot of traffic, uh, a lot of hesitant quarterbacks, you know, won't make that pass.
0: Yeah, your defensive linemen aren't exactly 5'10". <laughs> They're coming in <laughs> with their arms up high. It's, it's uh, and, and I'm going to tell you right now in advance uh, where A&M is really struggling, where I'll tell you exactly where your defensive coordinator is going to blitz more than he normally does if he's watching the same games I've been watching uh, for AM. But we have a, a beast of a prospect. Uh, the, our center is, is an amazing uh, freshman, right? Bryce Foster is a five-star. Mm-hmm. He, he's actually a, a U.S. Olympic hopeful in, in the shot put. Good athlete, big kid, uh, you know, about 335, you, you know, as an 18-year-old, right? Just just strong muscle. But due to injury, he, he came in to play guard, and he's having to play center. And, and playing center as a true freshman in the SEC is not what coaches – hope has to happen, particularly a kid that's never played center. And so he is really struggling. If you bring you bring that, that pass rush right through the a gaps, and particularly if, you, if you're bringing two in there, he is struggling with, with that aspect. And, and that internal combination of guard center guard has not been picking that up very well. Mm. And again, a guy who's never snapped before, but had to, to, you know, game two had to move into duty uh, and, and start as an 18 year old snapping the ball and, and then he, you know, he he's with that pass rush when he can see those two are coming in here, that the snaps are coming out high, and so yeah. even if you're you don't come that route, but if you're flashed there, we, you know, that that's been a weak spot. So I I don't know how much you're you're blitzing in that gap, but do not be surprised if you see you doing that, uh, because one we're struggling to do it, and two, you know, your defensive coordinator is licking his chops, going, this kid a quarterback is is really struggling. I'm not going to give him a whole lot of time. So I, I don't know how much do you guys blitz in that gap generally in the A gap?
1: Not not a lot of blitzing up front. You know, not a lot of blitzing in, in the A gap. Uh it's more it's more of just straight up pass rush. I mean we'll blitz some, but it's it's mostly off the edge. Uh we'll bring uh uh you know, maybe a delayed linebacker up the middle every every once in a while, but uh mostly it's a, a you know it's a it's a corner or safety uh, off the edge. And then uh uh you know with Will Anderson at, at one of the Effectively, a defensive end lines up as a defensive end. We we classify him as an outside linebacker, but uh, he gets a lot of pressure just straight up. And so, you know, maybe less blitzing. But uh, I think I think you're right. I think we attack that a gap. What's interesting is is you know our center Darian Dalcourt, uh, had a lot of uh, sort of off the mark snaps uh, Saturday. And and when I think uh, when I think about your defensive front, I think about uh, that potentially being a, a, a point of issue for us as well
0: yeah our, our defensive front is, is the strength of our team. And so number eight, DeMarvin Leal is a special player. and, and I, I think I told you last year I described him as an Alabama type defensive lineman. Yes, you know and he's 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 just prototypical. He, I think he'll be a top 10 pick. I, again, I'm not an NFL GM, but he's just a freak of nature. So you know he he's the legit 6'4", 6'5", 290. We're playing him at both defensive end and defensive tackle this year. We're kind of moving him around. He has great pass rushing ability. He he definitely draws the, the, the scheme of any uh, for protection, right? You're, you're having to factor him in. And, and so he's a pretty special player. Uh, the other defensive end on the other side is actually pretty good, number two. He was hurt last year. Uh, Clemens, he, he's very good on the pass rush. You know, he's about 275. We have a bunch of just really good-looking defensive linemen. Uh, you there's a, a freshman uh, – named shamar turner that um, wasn't really supposed to uh make as big of an impact uh, as, as he has but he, he didn't understand the concept of waiting behind people and uh, literally his his first play you know in his first college snap he sacked the quarterback um and, and so he he's done really well you know 35 mckinley jackson is a guy in the middle yep. that, that that you're aware of uh, from from recruiting uh he he's very solid in the middle uh, Jaden Peavy, the big guy, is about six foot six. You know, all these guys are, are, you know, Clemens is the lightweight at 275. Everyone else is, is somewhere around 290 uh, to, to 300. And and so we've got a lot of size um, up front. And so we, we do a very good job there. Um, so from an attacking standpoint, we'll bring those guys in. Where we will blitz a lot is from the outside, from the corner, particularly our nickel. So, so 27 is is my is a young special player, and and he's 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 fun to watch. He's a sophomore. Uh, he's going to play both nickel and safety. We we lost our number three and number four safety, so our entire our, our two deep uh, was lost for the season this week, um, and so he may have you know he may play a little safety you know th- this game as as well, but he, he definitely is our nickel, uh, and so we will bring 27 on a blitz a lot from from the outside but generally Helko's is going to try to get that pass rush with that front four and uh that's and because he can right and, and so much like much like you guys right you don't have to do a whole lot of blitzing you can get so much penetration with that that front four and so he'll do that and when we do blitz we are more likely to bring our nickel uh than, than anyone else you know i just want to
1: call out uh and exactly what you're saying is spot on and i just want to call out for the alabama fans that the that the defensive front that Texas A&M's defensive front looks like a defensive front, you know, should look. At the risk of, of this sounding, you know, sort of cocky, but it's it's the highest praise that, that I think I can give. They look like an Alabama defensive front. I mean, they're the first off the bus, kind of kind of guys. And then when they line up uh, across the front four, there's an intimidation factor because they look like a defensive front should look. And then number eight. Uh, Devarman, uh, uh, DeMarvin Liao, you got to watch him. He's such a treat to watch. I know he's go, he's going to be wearing the other team's colors, but we appreciate good football, and Liao delivers. Uh, so make sure you keep an eye out on number eight uh, across our defensive front. Hopefully, our guys are able to block him, and uh, but uh, he's going to be something to watch. And we won't keep him quiet all day. He will make plays. He, he will, and I and I I mentioned
0: to you last year that that I think Jimbo. Jimbo has been greatly influenced by, by, by Saban, and so he he is is building his his team in the in the trenches, um, you know, in particularly in defensive line, and so our you know, and we are it it's we're we're basically we, we formed a very Alabama looking defensive front, and and that that uh, that front four is pretty good. We will play, uh, ten to twelve guys, and you won't see much of a drop off, um, mm-hmm. and, and so we we've got to that point. We'll, we'll probably rotate them in. We'll play ten to twelve uh, throughout the course of the game,
1: but but number eight is special. Talk about the linebackers. You uh, you know you you mentioned the DBs a little bit. Talk about the linebackers and what type of formations do you guys run? A lot of nickel? Is it more base? Uh, very much dime? Uh, what what sort of uh, attack plans or formations do we expect from Elko?
0: So Elko has generally been multiple, with the exception of this year. <sighs> our second best player on defense might be our nickel back and he's not, he's not going to get out of nickel. Uh, so he's got to keep 27. So number eight is, is generally the, the, going to be the best defensive player, um, you know, by, by mile for, for anyone, right? He's special, but number 27 has really, we, the coaches talked about it last year as a freshman and and they just had to get him on the field and and figure that out. And, and by this year, I would tell you that, that he's probably our second best player. And so he, we are, are just staying with the nickel in, in almost every formation we're generally a four two, five you know we'll, we'll move a little bit yeah. uh and, and show different looks in situational football but base is the four two, five with with and our nickels making plays everywhere and and so it's a little uncommon i'm not used to a nickel you know being one of your, your two leading tacklers uh but he i don't know how he's everywhere but he is and he we will bring him in a lot on on pressure situations to flash in there and again it makes sense right he's he's not as far out, out wide and, and we'll bring him in from a, in a blitz situation in, in times you guys will scheme it, it it's not something that, that uh, i mean we, we do that quite a bit but he's pretty special so we'll go with a, a, a base nickel on that but but going back to the linebackers you know hands Hansford is, is number one. Uh, he's not quite, uh, you know, Buddy Johnson from last year, and so he, and he he played. But the the guy that's 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 fun to watch is is the, uh, you know, I don't know if they classify him as a sophomore or a freshman with with all the COVID. But uh, there's a guy named Edrin Cooper. Uh, we recruited out of Louisiana, and and Cooper has a lot of speed, and and absolutely delivers hits, and he's fun to watch. So so Cooper is going to be one that that you want to want to look for. You know they're probably not the, uh, you know they certainly don't get the the glory that the the defensive linemen do, and and for 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 good reason, right? But Cooper is going to be be a very good player by the time he leaves. Uh, he's still young, but um, last year he played some special teams. Just because they were, you know, there were a lot of a lot of seniors in front of him, but uh, this year he's he's really making a lot of plays. He, he's fun to watch.
1: What uh, just overall, uh, and if there's anything that I've missed that, that you want to uh, spend some time with, let's do that. But overall, what's your expectations for Saturday?
0: So Saturday is is A and M has so where Alabama has beaten A and M the last two years is you have killed us on third down. You know we we've had you in third and long and you beat us over the top. And and so I hope A&M is ready for that. Uh, not one, I just hope we get you in third and long, but, but uh, our, our, you know, our defense had a little rough game last, last week. And so before I was very proud of that saying, well, our offense is struggling to find an identity, but we're okay with defense. And, and so we had a little rough week last week. And so hopefully they can bounce back on that. I think that we will focus on trying to stop the run um, and, yep. and make you pass, which, by the way, could be a very, uh, you know, get what you ask for here. But A uh, and M also just in the secondary. So our our number one and our number three corner both had season ending surgery uh, yesterday. Um, by the way, and so so we're now number seventeen. Jalen Jones is is very good. He's a sophomore cornerback, uh, excellent. Started game one last year as a freshman, is really a, a strong player. We're having to to trot out two freshmen. Um, number seven and number eleven, you know, to 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 play at this point just due to injury. So I expect uh, Alabama to find seven and, and eleven. Uh, you know, they're they're going to to okay, well, you know, seventeen is, is a pretty good corner, and and, and I'm not saying he, he's going to to be a lock everybody down, but you're going to find the true freshmen that are that are having to play because yep. you know, two of our top three corners just had season-ending surgery. So you're going to find those guys. And, and you should, right? That's how I would attack. How I would attack us. And so I'll be curious to see how we play. Uh, the the uh, the coaches were very cautious, and that they probably had us giving too much cushion against. Uh, we played too soft to coverage against Mississippi State because they were worried about freshmen getting beat deep. deep. Uh, yep. But and then Mississippi State said, "Well, thank you. We'll just keep the ball." And and it wasn't really the right recipe. But I know what the coaches were afraid of. So when we play Alabama, we generally have beat us deep repeatedly uh so i don't see any reason why you wouldn't try that again um and and so we had two very good safeties but they're not sub four or five guys right and, and so they are better coming in and run support um i, I really like 26 he, he's a very good player number nine is our other safety he's just not the he's not my favorite type of player he, he's very braggadocious a lot look at me mm-hmm. he, he's not very fast he's probably about a four six five uh maybe with the wind behind him but uh he absolutely can hit uh but he, he over pursues quite a bit he's, he's got some, some some weaknesses on that but uh th- they're good at coming up but they're not as good going over the, over the top and in, in, in coverage so we're recruiting some of that we're getting a lot more speed in the back end I, I think we'll have to we'll have to play another true freshman named Jardine Gilbert uh out of Louisiana this weekend just to get us some more speed in the back and, and basically we're running out of bodies uh, mm-hmm. Right. And so you, you've lost your entire second team. You're going to have to probably play uh, 27 in the back some. Um, but you want to leave him at nickel just because he makes a big difference there. So I'll, I'll be curious how they do that. But you've been very good at attacking us with, with, on the, with throwing the ball. So I kind of think Elko has generally against Alabama had made the, the principle of we're going to stop the run. We're, you know, we're going to sell out to stop the run, make them throw. And, and we, you made us pay. Uh, but he is that has been his, his past history every single matchup and so i you know i don't believe he's going to do anything different because he has he's felt very good about that if he can stop the run he, he feels that uh, he can control the game a lot better and that's that's sort of his coaching uh style and and i, I don't see him changing because he, he kind of does that every game so I, I think that'll be his approach if he can stop the run he'll sell out to do that and then he'll take his chances that that uh you know we, we can not get beat over the top, but uh, that that's where we are suspect. If if you uh, have watched highlights of A and uh, chasing someone to the end zone, it's it's usually they were beat over the top on a long pass play, and and, that, and that's a weak spot for us. And so I expect you to exploit it, uh, and I expect you to say, hmm, where's these two true freshmen that are playing corner, and uh, let's let's throw their way.
1: Yeah, let's get after them. yeah you know, that makes sense. Uh, you know, uh, accuracy over the top. You know, Bryce Young is. Uh, that's one of the areas that uh, he has an opportunity to develop. Uh, we've hit a, a few of those, but uh, he missed uh, sort of a uh, just a gaping wide open past Saturday that uh, uh, would have been uh, another nice touchdown against uh, against Ole Miss. But uh, but he's developing and uh, he's a treat to watch. And so again, you know, he'll be playing against you, but uh, he's he's a I've enjoyed watching him play and developing. And uh, keep an eye, keep an eye on uh, on him. I think he'll be a fun one to watch. What's the? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I know. I normally give you a, a, an easy one, you know, to get out on. But uh, I'm gonna throw this at you. Uh, I remember we talked about this last year, and so uh, maybe this is, maybe this is a question that, uh, that I keep bringing up until there's some movement on it. What is ac- across, you know, either you personally across the fan base. What's the level of frustration or, or concern with, uh, with Jimbo Fisher? He's been there a while now. Uh, he's definitely said some things that we've heard uh, about how he was going to beat Saban and got really close to the playoffs last year, like you said. A lot of talent on this team. And then just for, you know, circumstances such that they are, it's not all coming together. But what's sort of the, the level of frustration or anxiety uh, with Jimbo there in uh, College Station?
0: If anybody is close to the program, they are they are in love with Jimbo. Uh, the, okay. the people that are on the ancillary that are that are more your panic types and, and are, are going to change their their mind every hour. They they probably are, they're showing the frustration, and I I call them twenty year old in your internet warriors, right? And they they and, and most of those guys are the ones who never played football and and, and or any sports and don't realize it's it's legal to, to be behind and trail in a game, right? And, and, and have to work to come back. The difference of Jimbo Fisher versus what we've had in the past is, is stark, and and Jimbo Fisher is basically Nick Saban years ago. Now, again, you, they're very similar in style. It's all toughness, grit, determination. It, it, it's 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 very strong. The culture has completely changed. The recruiting and the way he stack class after class with talent, uh, it, it's very different. I, I don't know if you how much you, you watch some of these high school games on. Uh, on ESPN, but again, the number one quarterback in the country is that that Wiegman kid, out of the Houston area. He's he's mm-hmm. you know he's the number one uh, quarterback. He's a, a top five baseball prospect, but he's actually graduating early. He's 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 going to play college football. That's what he his dream is. He just happens to be one of the best baseball prospects in the country as well. And so he is not he, by stock by coming aboard in January, he will not be eligible for the draft. So that, and so he's very, very talented. We, but the way we brought in people again, he's bringing in, you know, basically a very similar uh, recipe that he learned from Saban. You know, he's bringing in like six defensive linemen every class, right? And and so the the defense is, is just literally stacked on top of each other in, in what he's got there. What he's built internally uh, is very strong. Now, it, again, last year we were nine and one. You know, obviously we, you guys took us to the woodshed and, and, and continue to beat us deep. And, and uh, so, so that was frustrating, but overall after that, we dominated, we dominated every game before and after sure. we, we just smashed mouth football. We controlled the game and, and we were always the toughest team. That's why this year is, is an anomaly. It's a little strange. Everything that he has been building towards, you know, it's, it's, it's just not happening this year. And so are the injuries playing that much is, it, is the, the lack of a quarterback or an offensive leader, is that, that's what's doing it? I don't know. I, I've got question marks over my head. I don't, I've got more questions than I have answers because this team, again, I, just so you guys know, a was the number one defense in the SEC last year and, and, and number nine, you know, in, in the country. We returned 19 of our top 22 players, right, yep. on, on defense. So we were expecting basically to just dominate on, on that side of the ball this year. And it's still stronger. Uh, we hadn't quite dominated like we thought we were going to. And then offensively, we're just struggling on identity. And when you're you're losing offensive linemen, right and left, you lose your starting quarterback. I get that we're struggling on an identity, but I was expecting to to I was I was expecting more. Probably the only gap I have in in, in Jimbo is that he should have had a, a better backup quarterback. So our third team transferred. I get it. Um, we just don't have anybody really behind calzada so everything were, we're chips in with 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 kane's king and then we had the, the next two quarterbacks are fantastic right and and you know nationally ranked and that you're expecting to play but we had a, a few years in here where we just didn't have good quarterback recruiting evidently uh, and there's there's somebody there's they're just not ready so you know again he, he's allowed not to be perfect um, and that's probably the one thing he'd like to redo uh, right but uh overall if you're anywhere inside the program or near uh the inside of the program it is absolutely fantastic because he's just transformed the, the culture tremendously and the way he's he's dominating on the recruiting trail uh you know, for, you know for the state of texas he's doing much better uh than than any of his predecessors have done and so he's really doing well so if you're close to the program you're you're a huge fan And so you asked me last year and i know there were some you know, again, we live in a state where the AM doesn't have a journalism school and our, our arch rival does. And, and so they're the ones writing the articles. Right. And so it's their graduates. And so there's quite a bit. Oh, he's making so much money. And it's like, well, he's fourth best paid in the SEC. But it, what does it matter? You know, it, it's a matter of results and what he's building. And so um, he's absolutely doing a fantastic job. In fact, we, we just gave him a raise. Right. Um, yep. But it's it's the trajectory of the program and where we are. To, to where we are when he when he arrived and so it's there we're just not quite having the this year we seem to be very unlucky uh but i would have told you before that we were we're we're, we're trying on the same track you are uh, you know we, we're obviously many many years behind you uh but uh, a lot of the elements that that make you great at alabama are are the elements that are getting uh, indoctrinated into the to the N M football culture
1: you know building a program is a is a long-term deal and you know, almost uh, the microwave society that, uh, that 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 we look at, and uh, you know, fan base is getting upset and wanting to turn over the coaching staff. It's uh, you know, it's troubling, right? And so, with uh, it, it's hard for a coach to really sort of get their program under them. And so, it is good to hear. There's an old schoolness to uh, hey, we see progress, we see it continuing. You know, this may be a little bit of a step back uh, with some specific issues. But the trajectory of the program is where we want it to go, and uh, and so it's heartening to hear that uh, those that are in the program are still sort of bunkered in on uh, where it's going and what Jimbo's doing for for the Aggies. So that's great to hear. Yeah. we'll get
0: tested again after what what may look like a third loss in a row here, but uh, it, everything's going in the right direction.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's great to hear. And, um, you know, wish you guys a, a, a great deal of luck, uh, after Saturday, uh, let's get this one uh, out of the way. And then, uh, you guys, you know, finish strong, uh, finish strong the rest of the way. And, uh, a lot of times, you know, th- these hiccups that can happen in the middle of the season, you get on a good run and finish strong. And, and that's very encouraging for the program into recruiting, into the off season, into spring, see, see where that goes. Not trying to write off this season, but, uh, you know, a good, a good, strong finish this year, uh, I think could go a long way.
0: Absolutely. And you, and you want to close that way. And uh, Hey, before we go, I do want to do make one appeal to, to your good Alabama fans. I I do want you guys to come to college station. If you didn't book tickets this year and in two years, please make plans uh, because we'd like you guys to travel to college station and, and see Kyle field. We think we have a very unique atmosphere. Again, most people don't know this at this point. A&M is the largest school in the nation now. Um, Mm. So it's a, it's a unique place to visit, and uh, we certainly need more Alabama fans to come visit the, the school and, and come on, on game day, check us out, and we'd love to have you guys.
1: You know, I've been saying for years that uh, you're probably tired of hearing me saying it, that that is a trip that I want to take, and I and I do want to take that. It just uh, it seems to creep back up on me, on me but uh, I, I need to with some intentionality to, to plan a trip down there because, you know, it's, you know, I mean, the stadium is beautiful, what you see. Uh, some of the architectural sort of features are notes uh, we've incorporated into our expansion. And so there's some stadium similarity, at least, at least as I see pictures of it. And then uh, it's, it's as unique a game day uh, environment as, as I've certainly seen from a distance.
0: Well, and that, no one else really puts their student side on, on the completely one side right of the, of the field. And so the students are very loud. The whole ambiance and and, and come in, hopefully you come in two years from now and, and I'll, I'll plan to meet you down there. We'll, we'll do a midnight yell Friday night before. I don't know if you've seen those sec commercials. It, it, it's kind of funny, uh, you know, the run on the A games of, of people at, at midnight yell. And, and, yeah. uh, but, but again, yeah. it, it's very unique if when you're looking at a stadium. So for that, for that first game, right, they filled up the, the first and second deck, right. And, and these are people coming in at midnight just for a sort of a yell practice and it's, it's fun. Right. And, and so, uh, you know, college kids doing things post-midnight is, is not, a, not a new thing. But uh, right. it, again, having a student body that that's that standing and yelling the, the whole game, it, it's a very loud atmosphere. So it, it's a yeah. lot of fun. It's it certainly it, it's always revered as one of the the, the top and uh, most feared places to play as, as an opponent.
1: And so I, I'd love for the Alabama fans to, to come visit and, and and check us out. Fantastic. Well, Chad, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you joining us tonight. It is always a good time, just personally, when uh, you, and I have, you and I have a chance to catch up and the family and all, but uh, it's certainly a good time to catch up and talk football as well. Good luck on Saturday, and uh, thanks for joining us tonight.
0: All right. Take care and take it easy on us. Don't beat us up too bad, okay? <laughs> take care, Chad. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the Tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll tie.